Jesus love the weight off of you. Gwen and Sherry did an awesome job, didn't they? And so I'm going to be teaching week, um, I'm going to be teaching days 7, 8, and 9 if you want to follow along in your book with me tonight. And the titles of those devotion is The Struggle is Over, You Have the Mind of Christ, Let God Change the Way You Think, and Negative Thoughts Are Not Your Thoughts. Wow. This is going to change your life. <laughs> Let me pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to gather around your word. I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see, Father, more clearly. I thank you for qualifying and anointing me to preach this gospel to set us free, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the struggle is over. You have the mind of Christ. Now, the world tells us the struggle is real. Right? Have you heard that before? The struggle is real. And let me tell you, sometimes the struggle is real, isn't it? I know for me it has been. I tell you, um, what I'm going to be teaching you tonight has absolutely changed my life. I, I've been walking and living in grace and my identity in Christ for over 25 years. And last summer, I was struggling with some thoughts. For days, I was struggling with thoughts of fear and worry and concern about one of my children. And I could not get a grip on my thoughts. Have you ever had the what-ifs come up in your mind? Paint a picture of what if this happens, what if that happens? And of course, I, you know, I teach run to Jesus. I teach, you know, take your heart to Jesus. I've been teaching it for 25 years, and I, and I was talking to Jesus, and I, was, and I was quoting the Word, but something was keeping me from experiencing the peace in my mind that I normally experience. And I couldn't understand it. And after about the third day, it was like, Lord, why are these thoughts overwhelming me? Why can I not get a, get a hold of these negative thoughts that are coming at me? Because I believe what you say about my children. I believe what you said about my children for 25 years. Why am I struggling so bad? And just like he always does, 100% of the time, when I take my heart to Jesus and I ask him to show me the truth that will set me free, he reveals something about my identity. It's always something about my identity or the identity of the one I'm worried about that's causing me to struggle. And also, when we get into our own self-effort, when we are trying to think right, when we think we know the scriptures, we think we know the promises. So we go to our quoting the scriptures, and quoting the scriptures are great. But let me tell you something. Jesus wants a personal relationship with us. And he wants to give you a word for that situation that you're struggling with. And so when I was struggling that day, and I was asking Jesus, Jesus, show me the truth that will set me free. He brought this scripture to my mind. And it was 1 Corinthians 2.16. And it says, but we have the mind of Christ. 
Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts and feelings, feelings and purposes of his heart. Do you see that? For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts and the feelings and the purposes of his heart. And the Spirit of God said to me that day, Connie, embrace your identity about your mind. Embrace what, who you are in your thoughts. You know, I'd never thought of this scripture that way before. I've quoted this scripture, you know, on those moments when you need to make a decision, on those moments when you can't think right, you, you quote the mind of Christ. But I had never, and I promise you this, I had never in 25 years taken this as an identity scripture and embraced it in my everyday life. Do you know how many thoughts go through your mind every day? Hundreds of thoughts go through your mind every day. And if we are not fully aware that this is our identity, then those thoughts that go through our mind, we take them on as our own. And they're worried thoughts, and they're fearful thoughts, and they're what-if thoughts. But when we understand, I have the mind of Christ. Is, is Jesus worried? No. Is Jesus stressed? No. Is Jesus uh, full of anxiety? No. no. Is he filled with guilt or shame or regret about what he's done in the past? No. No. We have the mind of Christ. And that word have in this scripture, I love, stood out to me. I love the meaning of this word have. It means to own it, to possess it, to lay hold of it. You know, this is not something where we just go, oh yeah, I believe that. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Some of you might be even saying, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I've quoted that before. Have you owned it? Come on. Have you owned it? Because when you own it, you won't let any negative thought stay in your mind ever again. Yes. They might come and they will come because they come to all of us. But you, when you are aware that these thoughts are not your thoughts, that you have the mind of Christ, then when they come, you will say, No, not today, devil. I have the mind of Christ. And I cannot tell you how many times since last summer that I have said, Not today, devil. That thought is not my thought. I am not a worried person. I'm not a stressful person. Come on. Somebody, does anybody believe you have the mind of Christ out there? Is anybody going to own it today? Because that's where your struggle is. Every one of us. That's where my, if I ever struggle, and I have, and I do. I mean, just a couple of days ago, I had this feeling of discouragement come over me. And I could feel that struggle of discouragement. I was like, no, Lord, that's not your mind. You do not have a discouraged mind. That's not my mind either. And again, when we embrace that we have the mind of Christ, the struggle is over because what the world says is the struggle is real you need to try harder to overcome this battle with your weight you need to exert strenuous effort to think right and do right so you can be healthy that's self effort that's the way the world thinks and a lot of times 
You know what the church does? It brings the world's thinking right into the church. But what Jesus says is the struggle is over. I have overcome this battle for you by giving you my very mind. Did Jesus say that we are overcomers? Does Jesus say we're victorious in him? Does that sound like struggling to you? No. We're not struggling people. We're overcomers, victorious in him. And this is what Jesus says. I love this. The struggle is over. I overcame this battle for you and made you an overcoming comer by giving you my very mind. You can let go of your strenuous effort to think right and to do right and let my spirit do his work in you. That's grace. Wow, every struggle begins in the mind. What you think about yourself determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Is that up there? Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your health is shaped by your thoughts. Wow. Have you ever thought of that? The health of our bodies is shaped by how we think about ourselves. If we carry a lot of guilt and condemnation in our mind, what is that going to do to our bodies? Right? How imperative is it that we embrace the truth about us? That we have the mind of Christ, that we're one with Jesus. When I was in California this year, on Sunday morning, I taught this Bible study, this message about we have the mind of Christ, the struggle is over. And on that Sunday morning, there was a young woman that was in the service. And she'd never visited the church before. But she was going to the Alcoholic Anonymous meeting next door. And she walked past the church and she saw a meeting was going on. And and she thought, I'm going to come back in the morning and come to this, this service. And I was there preaching on the mind of Christ. I was there preaching on the death, burial, and resurrection made us one with Jesus. And that Jesus is not addicted to anything. Glory to God. That Jesus is not afraid of anything. That Jesus is not guilty, ashamed, distressed, depressed, or discouraged. And we have the mind of Christ. We are one with him. His death, burial, and resurrection made us one. When we believe in in the resurrection of Jesus Christ... We believe that we have the mind of Christ because we've been made one with him. And this young woman, she was sitting in the service while I was preaching this. She had been addicted to alcohol for 17 years. She said she became a Christian when she was 16 years old and at the age of 17, alcohol got a grip on her. And she hadn't been able to shake it for 17 years. She was a Christian. And she struggled for 17 years with an addiction to alcohol. 
What was coming in her mind was shaping her life. But that morning, she heard the good news. That morning, she heard, you have the mind of Christ. You're one with Jesus. You're not an addicted person. You are an overcomer, victorious in Jesus. And she stood up on Wednesday morning and said, I have been a Christian for 17 years. I have heard messages and went to church for many years, but I had never heard what this woman preached on Sunday morning. And when I heard that I have the mind of Christ, I embraced it, she said. And I haven't desired alcohol for four days. She said the alcohol addiction broke off of her by embracing, owning, possessing that she has the mind of Christ. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of not just going, oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And then leaving the doors and not thinking about it again. You know what? I think about this every day because like I told you early, hundreds of thoughts go through my mind every day. And when they come, I am bedrock solid on I have the mind of Christ. And I ain't going no down no dark tunnel. I'm not going it because Jesus rescued us. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. You know what the kingdom of darkness is? It's depression, discouragement, fear, shame. He rescued us. And he brought us in the kingdom of his son by forgiving all of our sins, making us righteous, holy, innocent, and free. He set us free. Every struggle you have, the answer is embracing that you have the mind of Christ. Because Jesus ain't struggling with nothing. Oh, my goodness. Praise you, Jesus. When we, you know what happened with that, that woman who embraced the, the truth that she had the mind of? Isn't that powerful? The power of embracing your identity is the most powerful thing you could do in your entire life. Who does Jesus say you are? You know there's only two things you can embrace? The lies of the enemy are what Jesus says about you. And in every area of your life, you're doing one of those two things. The areas that you're struggling in, you're embracing the lies of the enemy. And the areas that you're walking victorious in, you are embracing your true identity in Christ. This is not about trying harder. This is about receiving a love so great. A love so powerful. A love so transforming that he did everything for us and all we have to do is receive it. That's it. Just receive it. Own it. Possess it. Take hold of it. Because when you do, you will see the victory in your life. The Spirit of God illuminates our thoughts when we embrace that we have the mind of Christ. Now I want to show you this. Let God change the way you think. Romans 12, 2. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. <sighs> Come on, amen. I'm going to start over. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly 
transformed by the Holy Spirit through, through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to, to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. This scripture is telling us do not agree with the opinions of the world about you. Do you know the world has an opinion about beauty? The world has an opinion about success. The world has an opinion about value. And it's on a scale from 1 to 10. But Jesus has an opinion about your value. Your worth, his very life. Jesus has an opinion about your beauty. You're beautiful. And there's nothing at all wrong with you. Jesus has an opinion about you that is different than the world's opinion system. And this scripture tells us embrace his opinion. That is how we let God change the way we think. You know, the man that came to Jesus and he was struggling and Jesus told him, just believe. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. But what did he decide? He decided he was going to believe God. But he realized he couldn't do it completely in his own effort. And so when you hear the wonderful good news that you're beautiful, that there's nothing wrong with you, that you're valuable, that you're victorious and an overcomer, receive it. And then ask the Holy Spirit, help me to believe this with all of my heart. Because it's Jesus' faith in you. It's not you trying hard to believe this. It's the Holy Spirit that changes the way we think as we embrace what Jesus did for us and ask him to do the work in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in me. Come on now. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Let me say it again. Say it again. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He is available to you to bring forth victory and the manifestation of God's will in your life. That beautiful, satisfying, perfect in his life kind of life. Perfect in his eyes kind of life. The Holy Spirit does this work. You don't do it. And until we come to the end of our own human effort, we will struggle our whole lives. It's the Spirit of God that changes the way you think. It's the Spirit of God that brings forth the fruit in your life. All you have to do is say, Okay, Lord, I'm ready. Do the work in me. Love the weight off of me. Love the weight off of me, Jesus. Love the weight off of me.
the weight off of me. Work in me to will and to do your good pleasure. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11 and 14. I want, to, I want to show you so clearly that it's by the Spirit that we have the mind of Christ. Some of you may think, well, wait a minute. I struggle with fear all the time and insecurity and food addictions. And, you know, some people may have alcohol and, and um, cigarettes or, or drugs or pornography. There's all kinds of addictions in this world, is there not? And you may be thinking, how can it be that I have the mind of Christ when I struggle so bad? The answer is, in what are you embracing as your identity? That's the answer. If you believe you're addicted, guess what you'll be? Somebody say something out there. Addicted. If you get up every week and say, I'm an alcoholic, I'm addicted to alcohol, guess what you'll constantly be? Addicted alcoholic. That's right, an addicted alcoholic, because that's the identity that you're embracing. That is the power that's working in your life. What you embrace is the power that's working in your life. We can see it all around us. If Jesus says we have the mind of Christ and we begin to embrace that truth in every situation of our lives, the Holy Spirit illuminates our minds. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. Listen to this. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed to us the inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? By the Spirit, through the Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood. How? By His Spirit. Spirit, The Spirit of God. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to Him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that manifests the mind of Christ in your thoughts. If we aren't experiencing the mind of Christ, we have it. It's part of our salvation package. But if we're not experiencing it, it's because we're not receiving the power of the Holy Spirit to help us think right. When I am struggling with my thoughts, just the other day, I had some thoughts about a friend that weren't very nice. See, I, don't you love it that I just kept here telling myself? I was thinking of some negative thoughts about a friend of mine whom I love very dearly, and they were not very nice thoughts. But I caught them. I said, Lord, these thoughts are not your thoughts. And I sat down for a minute and I said, Lord, I don't know why these thoughts are coming at me, but I know they're not your thoughts. And I invite the Holy Spirit right now to illuminate my mind. Illuminate my mind and my perspective so that I can see this person through your eyes. See, that is letting God change the way you think. And as I sat there and just let the Holy Spirit show me what was true, oh my goodness, what a beautiful person this person became in my eyes. All of a sudden, I just saw beauty, perfect, without any flaw, because that is the mind of Christ. What peace comes in our life when we let God change the way we think? Wow. 
There's two different ways to live, Romans 8, 6 says. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. I love how this shows us what the mind of the flesh is. The mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. So if you're on your, let's say, weight loss journey, and you've been, you know, reasoning without the Holy Spirit, trying hard in your own strength, believing that you're a failure, believing that you, don't, you can't get victory in this area, what are you doing? Reasoning without the Holy Spirit. See, when I was struggling with my fears about my child, what was I doing? Reasoning without the Holy Spirit. But when I went over and said, Okay, Lord, show me the truth about who I am. What was I doing now? Reasoning with the Holy Spirit. And what does that bring? Life and peace. No condemnation. We've all done it. We've all reasoned without the Holy Spirit. Who hasn't reasoned without the Holy Spirit? I don't see any hands. Isn't that wonderful? None of us have always reasoned with the Holy Spirit, have we? And that's why we were discouraged. That's why we stayed in a dark place. That's why we struggled because we continued down a path of reasoning without the Holy Spirit. But he's just a call away. He lives right inside you. James 4, 5, and 6. Listen to this. Or do you suppose that the scriptures is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcome with a jealous love? But he gives us more and more grace, the power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Did you hear that? It says the Spirit of God lives in you and he yearns to be welcomed with a jealous love. See, many times, and I can admit it in my life, I've went somewhere else besides the Holy Spirit to help get, me, get my help. I've went to the world. And actually, if you read this, this passage of Scripture, it's actually talking about going to the world and getting your life from the world. I've went to the world, and I've taken on their opinion of me, and it brought me death. And all along, the Holy Spirit was in me, yearning with in Connie Witter longing for me to welcome him to help me to think and believe like Jesus. Do you know why the Holy Spirit was sent? To strengthen us, to comfort us, to guide us into all truth. And the scripture says he is in us, yearning, waiting for us to ask him, help me, Holy Spirit. Strengthen me right now to believe what my Jesus says about me. And you know what he does 100% of the time? 
strengthens you. 100% of the time, he does not fail you. He does not forsake you. When you sit your butt down, like when Myrie said, and you say, Jesus, I'm struggling here. I'm having a hard time here. I feel like a failure here. I'm worrying about this. I need your help, Holy Spirit. Remind me who I am and help me to embrace it with both hands. The Holy Spirit is there. 100% of the time, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We are victorious overcomers in Christ Jesus. And the only reason why we don't experience this is because the Holy Spirit is waiting inside of us while we live in our own opinion and our self-effort. I know I did it for 20-some years. 20 years as a Christian, I lived in my own self-effort, in my own opinion, and it brought me death. And I was a Christian. I had the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of me, and I was living in defeat. What's the answer? Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you that I'm approved and accepted and loved by you. Help me, Holy Spirit, to believe it with all of my heart. Yes, amen. You don't even have to try to believe right. You don't even have to try to have enough faith. See, people here just embrace your identity and then they go trying to embrace their identity. <laughs> it's true. You'll leave here going, oh, all I, need is, all I need to do is embrace my identity. All I need to do is, quote, I have the mind of Christ. All I need to do, 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 do. And we're back into self-effort, and we think we're living in grace, and we're not. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace, and he's within you to help you overcome every temptation, every struggle. He's there. He's waiting with a jealous Love to do what he's been sent to live in you to do. Philippians 2.13 says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Do you know what pleases God? Believing Him. And you don't even have to do that in your own strength. Come on now, somebody. Y'all should be shouting right now. We've heard so many times, just believe, just believe, just believe. And do we need to believe? Yes. But not in our own strength. You know, I went from a struggling Christian, and I mean struggling, struggling with condemnation and shame and guilt, carrying weight so heavy that nobody knew but me. (laughs) I put my smiley face on. I went to church. I sang hallelujah. But I was carrying the weight of shame and guilt. I was carrying the weight of fear. I was carrying the weight of discouragement and disappointment with my life. I was carrying a heavy weight. And the day that I came to Jesus and said, Lord, I need you to set me free. Show me the truth that will set me free. He, first of all, showed me my identity. 
And he showed me who I was. He gave me a view of myself through his eyes. And the second thing he showed me was Philippians 2.13. And this scripture has changed my life. He said, Connie, you have been trying to be who you already are. And not only do I say you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but I'm the one that's going to bring forth the fruit in your life as you trust me to do it. Your striving days are over. Your struggling days are over. If we are struggling, and let me tell you, I skipped this. I'm going to go back to it. Struggle means this. Are you ready? Struggle to make strenuous efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition. Struggling with a problem. To proceed with difficulty or with great effort. That's what I did. I proceeded with great effort to have enough faith. I heard all I needed to do was have faith. All I needed to do was believe God. And I tried so, so hard. But I knew in my heart that I really didn't believe. Even though I was trying to convince myself and everybody around me. It wasn't until Philippians 2.13 that I actually began to believe. Because it wasn't in my power. It wasn't in my strength. It was the Holy Spirit who was sent to live within me, longing for, to be welcomed, longing all those years for Connie Witter to say, Help me believe. Help me, Jesus. I believe. Help my unbelief. And the Spirit of God began to illuminate my mind. Just like it said in 1 Corinthians 2. He began to illuminate my mind to the point where I was living in such victory. I mean, I believed God and I believed Him for sure. When everybody else around me wasn't believing God, I was like, I believe God. No tornadoes coming to my house. Amen. No. No. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Jesus said, no evil shall befall me and no evil shall befall me. I I am not going to believe nor take on the opinions of the world. I'm going to take on the opinion of my Father. And He says, He has given His angels charge over me to protect me in all my ways. And I'm telling you, I believe it. And I haven't always. I used to be so, so burdened with the weight of fear and harm coming to me. Thinking that harm and tragedy was going to come to me. I thought that. I believed that. I would look in my house, under my beds, and in my closet when I walked in the door. That's how much fear gripped my life. And I am telling you, the Holy Spirit brought me from death into life. Simply by me asking Him, help me to believe. I believe you. Help me to believe. Not just help me to believe. I believe you. Yes, come on. I embrace what you say. I say yes to you, Jesus. Now help me to believe it with all my heart. And I got to a point where I said, Lord, oh my gosh, I feel so like you can't touch this. You know, you can't touch my kids. You can't touch me. I am blessed. I am favored. I mean, I'm telling you, I believed it. And I believe it now. But I began to ask the Lord, Lord, why has it become so easy for me? Why is it so easy for me to believe you when it used to be such a struggle for me? And he said, Connie, Philippians 2.13, you asked me to create in you the power and desire to do what pleases me. And I have created you the desire and the power to believe me. Yes, amen. Woo! Glory to God. Yes. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. I just gave, oh my gosh. Is that powerful or what, somebody? That is powerful. All right. We have the mind of Christ. The negative thoughts are not our thoughts. Listen to this. I'm going to read this to you because I want to show you the power of your thoughts and the importance of embracing that you have the mind of Christ and letting the Holy Spirit change you. Thoughts are powerful. Scientists have confirmed that negative thoughts create stress. Negative thoughts create, somebody say it, stress, stress which, which upsets the body's hormone balance. What do negative thoughts do? It upsets the body's hormone balance. I want you to get a picture of what negative thoughts do, okay? So you will not tolerate them one more day in your life, okay? All right. It depletes negative thoughts, depletes the brain of chemicals required for happiness. Damages the immune system. Negative thoughts are toxic. Scientists tell us that 87 to 95% of current mental and physical illnesses come from our thought life. Negative thoughts are toxic. They will kill you. So what do you think the devil uses to bring destruction into your life? Negative thoughts. If you have the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ is peace and joy and love and confidence and security. If that's the mind of Christ and you have the mind of Christ, you're not trying to get the mind of Christ. You've got it. If that's what's true about you, then any negative thought that comes into your mind is not your thought. It is the enemy coming in to corrupt your thoughts with his lies. We see this so clearly in 1 Peter 5.8. Listen to this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How does he do that? Negative thoughts. It's all he's got. Listen, Jesus won the battle for us. He made us more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, more than a conqueror. He made us victorious. He made us healed and whole in our minds in our bodies. That's who we are. And so the, all the enemy has is the same thing he had with Eve. And you'll see this again in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 11.4. Listen to this. It says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. What is the enemy after? Your devotion to Christ. To Christ. You know, we think devotion to Christ is about what we do. Do, 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 do. If I do enough, I'm devoted to Jesus. No. 
Being devoted to Jesus is believing what he says about you. Hopelessly devoted to you. See, I can't sing, but I can teach. Anyway. Sing it, girl. But that is what the enemy is after. Your single-hearted devotion to Jesus. You love me, Jesus. You see me as beautiful, Jesus. You approve of me, Jesus. I have your mind, Jesus. You love me, Jesus. You'll never leave me nor forsake me, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You love him because he first loved you. I tell you what, I said I loved Jesus for 20 years. I tried to love Jesus. But when I understood how my Jesus saw me in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my mistakes, in the middle of my failures, He still saw me as perfect. He still saw me as righteous. He still saw me as approved and accepted. I'm telling you what, this girl was hopelessly devoted to you. what the enemy's after. He wants you to be devoted to his lies and not devoted to Jesus' love for you. I'm going to tell you what time is it. Ooh! Jesus! You got this, girl. I got this. All right. I want to give you an example real quick of my own weight that I was carrying not too long ago. I recognized that the enemy had corrupted my mind. After I got this understanding of the mind of Christ being my identity, to let God change the way I think, and that negative thoughts are not my thoughts, I became keenly aware of every negative thought that tried to enter my mind. I mean every negative thought. And so what I recognized one day is I was thinking about a project that I was needing to get done and these thoughts came to me. That's too hard. I can't do it. I don't have enough time. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, no, no, those are not my thoughts. No, those are negative thoughts and they're not my thoughts. Not today, devil. Not Today, I have the mind of Christ. And I began to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you say about these projects that I need to get done? How do you see me? Because I see myself as a procrastinator. I'd said it about myself out of my mouth so many times. Guess what manifested? Procrastination. I would wait to the last minute to get things done, and then I would feel like it was too hard, and then I wouldn't get it done. And that was the story of my life because my thoughts were shaping my life and all the time I had the mind of Christ all the time the spirit of God was within me yearning for me to ask for his help and so that day when I said Lord okay I recognize this thought this has been hindering me I understand now why I haven't gotten so many projects done that I've been wanting to get done. I have been believing lies. My mind has been corrupted with lies. Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind. 
Help me to see myself the way you see me. And Jesus said to me, Connie, I have given you 24 hours in each day. You have plenty of time to get everything that I have for you to get done in this day. He said, you're not a procrastinator. You're a finisher. I'm a finisher. You're one with me. You can do all things through me. And I'm telling you what, it changed my life. Things that I was trying to get done for years, I accomplished within a, you know, a few days, some things, a month, another thing. I have written three books in about six months. Do you know how long it took me to write one book before I caught this corruption that was in my mind? Years. Like the last one I wrote was in 2015. What is this? 2019. Four years. I believed those lies. But I have the mind of Christ. And I hold the thoughts and the feelings and the purposes of God's heart. And when I began to embrace that I had the mind of Christ in that area of my life, productivity flowed from me by the Spirit. Spirit. Not because Connie tried harder. Not because she came up with a program on how to get her day, you know, be most productive in your day. Not because she watched 10 videos on how to be more productive. Only embraced that I had the mind of Christ in that one area of my life and the Spirit of God illuminated my mind with the truth that set me free. I'm going to end with the scripture, Ephesians 6, 17 through 18. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thought from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. How do we Embrace salvation's full deliverance. Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. The word of God that comes out of our mouths, not just in our minds, but comes like a razor-sharp sword. The spoken word of God shuts the devil's mouth. Not today, devil. I have the mind of Christ. The struggle is over. You have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for your wonderful, wonderful Holy Spirit that lives within us. I thank you, Father, that you've given us the mind of Christ. I thank you that you illuminate our minds with the very thoughts and feelings and purposes of your heart. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to remind everyone who's listening to this message to not tolerate negative thoughts one more moment. To believe that we have the mind of Christ and walk in the victory that you paid such a great price for us to walk in. In Jesus' name.